Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Oliveira McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. I'm your host, Irvin Lee, and I got my co-host, Sarah, with me. Hi, guys. How are you today? Well, welcome. And we want to, again, talk about how God heals and maintaining our sobriety. So as we always do, Sarah's gonna anchor us in the Word of God. The Word of God today comes from Matthew 6, 33 through 34. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added to you. Mm -hmm. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Yeah, that aligns with uh, the way we live our lives, which both of us being in 12-step recovery, we are taught and told and we learn to live one day at a time. Certainly, I'm not always perfect at it. I find myself drifting all the way into retirement, the future, and I have to bring myself back just to the day. And I re- I, I'm constantly reminded of Matthew 6, and 34, because there's so much there and it tells you to seek the kingdom of God first and that he'll add all these things to you. And I love it. It doesn't say we have to do any work. It just says, I will add these things to you. And then it goes on to say, don't be anxious about anything. And we're supposed to pray about everything. And I think those are taking it one day at a time and then praying and meditating and trusting God are keys to maintaining your sobriety. Yeah. Also, I was taught early on that um, that you have to you have to study to grow. And if you're yeah. not growing and obtaining knowledge, then you're just dying. You know, yeah. literally, you're mm-hmm. you're not awaking the spirit. You're not, um, you know, you're not studying. You're not growing. And so that is one of the things that I learned early in recovery to to do is to study the word. Yeah. Um, to go a little bit deeper, to push myself a little bit further. And you know what God puts on my heart, even to this day when I'm talking to you guys, comes mm-hmm. from studying the word. Yeah, I I think it's so important that we I know we both get up in the morning and we start our day prayer meditation in the word of God. And so many times I I feel like there's so many things I need to do. I want to run off and start doing. And then I said, no, you've got to start being. So a part of, as soon as I get up, um, thoughts come, the things that I need to do for the day come immediately. And then I say to myself, okay, slow yourself down, take some time. And the first thing I do is I try to start praying and then I meditate on the word of God and then I get up and then I go exercise. So for me, though the way I start my morning, I try to keep that consistent because that gives me an anchor in God and an anchor in the word. And I'm actually following our scripture of the day, which is seek God first. Yep. Um, you know, it's like growing a garden to me, you know, 
first you plant the seeds, mm -hmm. then you, you um, water the seeds, and then things start to spruce, things start to grow, and then hopefully you will have a bountiful harvest, mm. you know? And so when I think of, of the word and, and growing spiritually, I think of that garden and, you know, do I want to tend to that garden? And the yeah. days that I don't tend to it, it, are my days a little more weary? And yeah. the answer is yes, you yeah. know? And so for me, a lot of what I do every day is, is the same as yours. It, it looks a little bit different from yeah. day to day, but for the most part, I, I'm making sure I pray every morning before mm. my feet hit the ground. Mm. Now, there are some days that I pray more intensely. There are some days that I pull different books or mm -hmm. um, scripture or recovery books. Mm -hmm. um, but before anything, before my feet hit the ground, I am saying a prayer. Yeah. And so I at least know that um, that is done. You know, if mm -hmm. I you know get up and have time to do a little bit more that day, then that's what I'm going to do. If yeah. I don't, then at least I had that prayer in the morning. Mm -hmm. Now throughout my day, you know, I, I check myself. I make sure, you know, did I pray this morning? Have I studied a little bit more than yeah. I usually do? Um, how are my feelings today? What does yeah. that look like? Have I called another person in recovery or mm -hmm. another sister in Christ? Mm -hmm. Because that is a lot of things that we don't do. We have yeah. a very, those of us in recovery have a large ego and that's, it's nothing to joke about. We just do. We're selfish and self-centered. Yeah. Um, and we know that about ourselves, you know? And mm -hmm. so it's hard for us to pick up the phone and ask for help. And so those of you that are uh, listening out there who are maybe loved ones, just know that they might want to, but you yeah. might have to push them a little bit to do those things yeah. because on their own, they're not capable of it. And the disease, when, when they are heavy in their disease, they are definitely not capable of asking for help. Now, there there were times where I got so drunk that I would cry for help, <laughs> yeah. but I don't necessarily think that we always listen for those cries. I yeah. remember doing it, but did my parents or my family members see it as seeking yeah. help or wanting help or want, you know, that battle yeah. cry? I, I'm not sure about that. but. Um, but a lot of us, you know, we are continually doing those things um, to maintain our sobriety. And I think that that's super important. Yeah, you touched on two keys for me. And I try to combine as I go through my day, my fellowship and then exercise. Exercise is so important because most of the people I know who are successful in sobriety, they have some form of exercise, yeah. right? They work out, they do something because that's another way of, if you wake up and you don't feel good, you go work out versus having a drink that you can change the way you feel. And for me, my exercise routine and the place I go work out has become like my country club. It's my fellowship. I see other guys who are believers. I see other guys who are going through what I'm going through just from a, a life perspective. And I get to interact with them, share Christ, what God's doing in my life, share the things I'm going through. And then also I get to hear and the things that are going on in their life. But more importantly, I get to help others, give to others and get out of myself that selfishness that you talked about. And a lot of times, and we've said it on the show before, 90% of us are touched and affected by addiction. So I get to interact with men and sometimes women as well, who someone in their family suffering from addiction. So I get to share my love, faith and experience and hope with them. So I see how the Lord uses it, not just for working out, but also for fellowship and also an opportunity to share what we do here. 
Yeah, we're talking a lot about mental health this month and um, scripture today says, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. So anxiety lives in the future. So if you're thinking about um, you know, your bank account tomorrow or your retirement plan yep. or those things, you're not trusting Christ. You're yep. creating anxiety. Yeah. And so a lot of us do that. And then somebody also once told me that depression lies mm -hmm. in the past. So if you're dwelling on the wrongs you have done, if you're dwelling on, you know, um, messing up, you know, a mm. relationship or a job or something to that nature, then you're focusing on the past and that creates a lot mm. of depression, which a yeah. lot of people end up, you know, sleeping through the day and not getting up and feeling lethargic. And um, so I love what you're talking about with working out because you can't work out and be a drunk at the same time. No, no, you it's, know, it's hard. I, I loved to work out, but that is one of the things that definitely went away when I was yeah. in my active addiction. I could not do the two together. <laughs> nope. um, and so I, I like that working out, you're thinking about the task at hand, right? Whether yeah. you're running, whether you're um, lifting weights, you have to you have to think about what's going on mm -hmm. or that weight <laughs> will come it'll, crashing it'll, down on you. It'll come, it'll come down. And then when you do your cardio and um, whatever form of exercise that you do with an elliptical, whatever, I use that time, I'll listen to a sermon yep. off my phone or my iPad, or I'll listen to the Bible on uh, tape. So there are many ways, and sometimes I just meditate and say, hey, Lord, um, speak to me. One of the things that I had to learn uh, in recovery was to just be still, because our, our lives have been so chaotic, our minds were always racing, that when the Lord says, lead you beside still waters, which is just being still, when I was looking around and saying, man, every, nothing's wrong, I started freaking out. I had to get used to, yeah. to being still. Yeah, that chaos will drive you to oh, insanity, man. right? Yeah. Right, all over again. Yeah. Um, speaking of chaos, you know, that's one of the big things that happened to me is, is that quiet that I received from sobriety and not having to chase the next drink and not having to, you know, find the next liquor store um, <laughs> and figure out how I was going to get drunk that day. Yeah. Um, when that was taken away and removed from me and I had all this time on my hands, I didn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. And so I had to retrain my brain. I had to come up with a routine. Mm -hmm. And most of us, thrive on routine. That's why yeah. it's so important to teach our children routine and what that looks like mm -hmm. um, because they're more successful when they're following a routine. The same thing goes in sobriety. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why um, treatment worked for me because I didn't have a routine. I didn't know what to do yeah. with my days. And so what treatment did for me was for 30 days, I was able to follow a schedule. I was able to incorporate those things into mm -hmm. what I'm doing to this very day. And I still do some of those things. Yeah. Um, and it says, the research says it takes 30 days at least to yeah. change a habit. Yeah. And so you're getting in the habit of waking up early, having breakfast, mm -hmm. doing prayer and meditation, yeah. studying. Like yeah. in, in treatment, you studied whether it was the brain or whether it was how to stay sober or the 12 steps, yeah. or you studied things about your recovery and your sobriety and how you were gonna maintain that stuff. And right. so, you know, I really love that um, for, for us, you know, that's what it took. Mm -hmm. And to this day, if I don't have a routine, my idle mind goes to the devil's playground, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's what the word says. It, it does, it does. And 
So we talked about um, prayer, meditation, exercise, fellowship, and the other um, component that I would add is the ability during the day as things are going and things are happening, having the time to just breathe, right? So I'll take, I have several places that I go to in the middle of the day when things are getting very hectic. I'll say, you need 20 minutes, you need 30 minutes. And I'll just go there and try to say, okay, Lord, I'm here, talk to me, just kind of calm myself. Having these little coping mechanisms and tricks to, like you say, to keep your mind from going to a bad place, because as the Bible says, we have to renew our minds. My mind was so, I'm gonna use the word warped. It was so warped in thinking and behaviors. Yeah. And I was very comfortable in allowing my mind to sit in very bad places, yeah. very bad negative thoughts, behaviors. I was always thinking the, the sky was falling. So being able to use the, the word to renew and retrain the brain is so impo important. So same thing happens to me throughout the day. You know, I have to check myself. I have to figure out, you know, am I good? How are my feelings? I, I call yeah. it the feelings check. You know, yeah. am I mad, sad, angry, anxious? Um, kind of what's going on internally. And, you know, before um, I did any of that stuff, I would react. Yeah. I would respond um, very yeah. quickly. And a lot of that was negatively. And yeah. so I love that I do that today because if somebody asks me a question, whether it's for work or whether it's for home, um, I get to say, you know what, let me think about that. Or um, I'll get back to you in 10 minutes. Like mm -hmm. our society has trained our brains to just react quickly and, and find right. an answer, right? That's not what Jesus wants us right. to do. That's right. not what's being, yeah. that's what's being told not what's being what was taught yeah and so i think a lot of that you know for me we don't like silence it it no. gets us squirrely and freaks us out but yeah. you know i learned that from my boss she she comes to me and she, and i'll ask her a question about work and she was like let me think about that let me pray about that and let me get back to you yeah. that is so beautiful yeah. and so simple and you don't usually hear that from a boss yeah it makes me respect her more. It mm -hmm. makes me want to be like her more. And yeah. so I've been given th that opportunity to, to be like her a little yeah. bit more. So I do that with other people because showing other people grace, they're going to want what you have, you know? Mm -hmm. that That's a key. And one of the things I really had to focus on learning was not allowing someone else's feelings, thoughts, bad days, to bring me down. Now that yes. doesn't mean I don't love you. I do, but I was always, anytime someone had an issue, I was always trying to fix it. I like to call it the, the God complex. My wife does this to me all the time. I hear you, honey. She says, don't try to fix everything. Yeah. Just listen. And I had to, at first I was kind of offended. I'm like, but I'm trying to help. But then I realized, Hey man, you're not God. Relax. Yep. Listen to her, absorb it. And now I can listen and not give a thought, not give an idea and, and just allow her to say what she has to say. So that part I had to learn. And the other thing was I stay away from people who suck the life out of me, who suck my energy and yeah. suck the life out of me before you could be sucking the life out of me, bringing me into your chaos, your mess. And I would allow you to do that. 
now I'm, I'm about, I would love you. I want to help you. I want to do the best I can for you. I'm always going to pray for you, but I cannot allow you to suck all my energy out for those that the Lord is bringing to us yeah. to help. Right. And, and that has helped me tremendously as it relates to watching my energy level throughout the day. And I'm okay when my energy level goes down, I'll take, I'll say, Hey, look, let me call you back. I need five, 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, I, I got to get my energy level back up. Yeah. And I love what you just had to say. A lot of us in, um, in our addiction are people pleasers. Like yeah. we, we were people pleasers before we got yeah. really bad into our addiction yeah. and that has carried on. Yeah. And so we don't know how to just be, we don't know how to pick our friends. We yeah. don't know how to, um, you know, just really just live in the moment and have true serenity. Yeah. And that is a another thing that I was taught is to this day, I'm a mom with children and I want to have mom friends and I want my kids yeah. to have friends and I want to be, you know, I want to fit into the right group. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you just don't fit in just, with those people. Sometimes, no. you know, you can love them from afar. You, you care about those people, but they're not going to be your best friends. Yeah. You know, then, then there's those people that you want them to pour into you more and you want to pour into them more. And mm -hmm. so there's just different relationships. And that's something that I had to learn yeah. because before I wanted to be friends with everybody. Wanted I wanted everybody to like me. Yeah. And that was part of something that drove me to the bottle is, you know, just trying to make things happen instead yeah. of God working through me yeah. to minister to other people or letting other people minister to me. Yeah. And that's part of what we're talking about with the fellowship that a lot of people miss and don't yeah. understand. Mm -hmm. And for me, for a long time, I didn't understand it. You know, I went to 12 step recovery and I was like, uh, I don't know if I want to let these people in because they're a <laughs> yeah. little too cheerful for me yeah, they all in have early in recovery. Free, yeah. And the same thing happens in church life. You know, yeah. some of those people I'm like, oh, they're yeah. not going to understand me and my yeah. addiction and my recovery language. And yeah. um, I don't know if I should let them in, you know, and that's part of our inner child that yeah. is protecting us because of stuff that has happened in the past. Mm -hmm. And so what I've allowed um, to happen is just God brings people into my life. Like I've said on this show for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Yep. And so if I think that way, mm -hmm. then I'm okay with whatever that relationship is. And yep. what a beautiful place to be to yep. just meet somebody and just see where it goes. And if they don't, if they don't respond in the way that you want them to, mm -hmm then that's okay. And you're okay because of it. Because yeah. before I was not, I wanted to chase you yeah. and I wanted what to know why yeah. you didn't like me. Yeah. And I wanted to do things that maybe you would like me uh, more so like, you know, getting your nails done, getting your hair done a certain way, all those things that we do today. Mm -hmm. And those things don't matter. People are going to go after your heart, your personality, what's attractive to them inside of you. And I think if we root ourselves in, in Jesus and in God's word and who he wants us to be, then all the rest will just happen naturally. Yeah. I had to get used to the fact that you are, listen to me, you are going to lose people that you believe are your friends that are near and dear to you because you change yeah. and God may not be changing them yet. Yeah. That is one of the keys to my sobriety. And as I watch you and I watch other people, that people will leave you. 
And it's okay because I remember bemoaning to God on the elliptical at the gym saying, this is a lonely journey. I'm not sure I like this journey and I'm praying and I open my eyes and there is Pastor Ben Pirtle who goes to my church. He said, what are you doing? It seems like you were praying. I said, yeah. And all of a sudden we start talking and I was just telling God, I don't have any friends, you know, where I live. And there's Ben right there to answer to my prayer. And we became really good friends for that season. We're still friends, but not like we were every day seeing each other, worshiping and fellowshipping. And then you'll have people that you've known your entire life that as you change and you become new and the things they like to do no longer line up with the things you like to yeah. do. The way you live your life no line no longer lines up with the way they live their life. Doesn't mean you don't love them. Doesn't mean you don't pray for them. But they may not be what they once were in your life. And to maintain your sobriety, you're going to have to be okay with that. The other thing is, yes, innately, most addicts and alcoholics, we want to be liked by everybody. Yeah. I had to be okay with the fact that there's people who don't like me and hey look i love you anyway but i'm okay with that and i would say there was probably a time in my life when like you said i'm trying to figure out well why doesn't he or she like me i don't really care anymore right I i'm gonna love others and i'm gonna love the lord god with all my heart that's my goal but that does not mean that i need you to call me friend and just remember, a lot of us, you know, we don't like to be lonely. We don't want to be yep. lonely, but we, but that inner, that inner being that doesn't want to be lonely, I think personally yep. is Jesus. He's, he's there to show you like, come to me. Yep. I am the one that's not going to leave you or forsake you. Yep. I'm not going to leave you lonely. Mm -hmm. Root yourself in me. Mm -hmm. So when I think about that, you know, I think about when I was in my active addiction and I was turning to the bottle for every, for everything. Yep. You know, when I was sad, I'd go drink. When I was mad, I'd go drink. When I was mm -hmm. happy, I'd go drink. Mm -hmm. What if I went to the Lord when I was mad, yep. sad, or happy? Would that have changed the outcome? Maybe, yeah. um, but that's something that, you know, I will never know, yeah. but I didn't have. And, and, you know, whatever the addiction thorn that he put in my side yeah. was to make me seek him more. Yeah. And so through studying and through doing some of these daily practices, it brings me closer to him. It makes me whole and I know who I am in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important thing. Well, I can truly sit here and say, you know, I tried alcohol, I tried things, um, I ran around a lot. Uh, I always tell people I spent a lot of time in the streets. I stayed in the streets a little bit too long. And when you stay out there too long, you get bruised up, you get hurt. And understand that those hurts, those pain, the trauma, the issues that you develop while you're out there, they're gonna go down here. And when you bring yourself to Christ, Christ is our healer. He's going to look to heal those things. And some of that stuff, I I wish I'd never done. And I tried to tuck them away. And you know this, when you come to Christ, he's going to heal. He digs way down deep. You're like, ooh, I hadn't even thought about that yeah. in years. Lord, do we have to deal with that? And he's like, we got to deal with that. Yeah. And then you're sitting there saying, man, I put myself through all that. And I still got to face it. Because he's going to make you face those things. Because... 
that's the only way you can get healed is you've got to bring that stuff to the surface. And that's one of the keys to staying sober is addressing the trauma, the trials, the tribulation, all these things that you've been through, the Lord will make you face up to them and you confess them and you repent of them. And the other thing I want to say is even when you come to Christ, you aren't going to do everything right all the time right in my recovery i do not do everything right all the time but when i blow it and i know it i quickly confess it lord i messed up lord wasn't the best today but i also want to warn you don't get into legalism where you're trying to earn anything right because we're saved by grace through faith so there has to be this balance and one of the things i do at the end of the day to maintain my sobriety and is I take inventory of my day and I say, okay, Lord, here's the areas I fell short. Uh, I confess them and I repent of them, but I do something I never used to do, which was let them go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, that holding on to that stuff, that baggage is is the biggest detriment in recovery. Um, that can go make you drink again. That yeah. can go make you use again. And so, constantly being engaged on your feelings, where you are in your recovery. What did you pray this morning? Did you uh, fellowship yeah. this morning? Did you call another alcoholic or, yeah. or sister in Christ? Did you go to a meeting today? Did you go to church today? Mm-hmm. Um, checking yourself in every area of your life. Now I've been sober 12 years and um, a lot of people just think that, you know, I went to treatment and, and that's it. You know, yeah. the box is checked, I'm fixed. Yeah. But <laughs> not only do I do those things I just discussed, <laughs> I I still go to therapy to this day. Yeah. And, you know, Ecclesiastes yeah. 3 um, tells us there is a time for everything and there's a time for healing under yeah. heaven. And so, you know, like you were talking about, those chunks of the onion get peeled back little <laughs> by little when you're ready, when God's ready to heal them, oh, yeah. right? And so there were other areas of my life which probably caused me to drink and, yeah. and do drugs and things like that um, in my in my early 20s. Yeah. But, you know, I wasn't ready to face those things. I had to face the alcoholism first. Yeah. You know, that was the big A. That was the yeah. thorn in my side, you know, that brought me to Christ, that brought me to therapy and recovery but mm-hmm. then there was a lot of other things that happens that that date back to you know childhood yeah you know, they even say um trauma happens in your mother's womb so if she's carrying any shame or mm-hmm. guilt or mm-hmm. any of those things um you feel it as a child isn't yeah. that crazy that that is and there's two things that as you were you know talking that came to to mind and i want to address those because i think there are two really big issues that keep people in addiction. One is the inability to the lifestyle, right? Because it becomes a lifestyle. And when it becomes a lifestyle, you get these friends and mm-hmm. these people in your life. I'm gonna call them acquaintances because they may not even be your friend. Yeah. And a part of the reason people don't wanna change is, oh, I can no longer hang out with Sarah. Sarah's not gonna like me. And that whole scene that you're in, I'm watching people and I'm watching them and and you talk to them and they say, man, I I would have to give up my lifestyle. I have to give up my friends. And I remember one of my buddies, a man said to me, he said, man, anybody who has watched you go through where you are right now and you're saying you want to change, 
And if they don't support that, they are not your friend. Yeah. He said that right before I got ready to go to rehab. Thank you, Ahmed. And that dawned on me. And at that point, I was like, you're right. I shouldn't destroy my life to keep a, a group of friends or people or a lifestyle that that group and those people are still going to continue yeah. if I'm dead. That was the scariest part of recovery for me is having to give up not only alcohol, but the people that I hung out with, yep. the lifestyle I hung out with, the job that I had. Yep. Um, my job entailed a lot of business lunches and going yep. out with with colleagues and um, clients and friends. And I didn't know what I I didn't know my identity <laughs> yeah. without that. Right. Yep. And so I didn't I didn't know that my identity lies in Christ until yep. later. And so that is the most beautiful part of recovery is knowing your identity in Christ, nothing else matters. Yep. And so those friends that maybe kind of stayed away a little bit when I was drinking yep. way too much, um, some of them have come back into my life. Some yep. of them have, you know, seen the show or seen me um, through the process and yep. are so proud of me and yep. um you know, they acknowledge the fact that, you know, I'm sorry that I wasn't there for you at that yeah. period of time. And, you know, I'm okay with that. It yep. was not the time for them to be in my life. And whether they're in my life today or not, that, that doesn't matter. Because mm -hmm. if you're truly doing God's will, then all the pieces of the puzzle just come together like a beautiful masterpiece. And yep. you, you're content and you're whole. And I don't know a lot of people that can truly say they're content whole and joyful. And most of the time I am, which is mm -hmm. amazing to this day. I think that that's a miracle, you mm -hmm. know, and we see miracles throughout recovery every day. I'm not, you know, I'm not every day feeling those yeah. things, but I know how to attain those things. If I do some of the things that we've talked about on the show today. Mm -hmm. um, and then sometimes, you know, I do need to go back to therapy or yeah. I do need to change my therapist in my perspective. And yeah. Usually when I'm in prayer, prayer meditation, God will speak to me in yeah. those times and tell me what it is I need to do. I'm currently back in therapy now. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that um, we don't realize it, but COVID took a toll on all of us. Oh, I question. still, the other day, have I have trauma of wearing masks, <laughs> thinking, where's yeah. my mask? Oh yeah. my gosh, do yeah. I have my mask on? Uh, yeah, and I still carry that. That's, that's, uh, a, that's kind of a form of trauma that yeah. we don't even realize yeah. happened to us. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, other people um, through COVID have their own experiences of hurt and pain. And so yeah. interacting with those people is mm. different. It's difficult. Mm -hmm. It might seem like you had one relationship with a certain individual and then now things are a little off. And so I would check in with those people. How yeah. are you doing? Um, don't let somebody say good because good is not a feeling word. No. You know, dig a little bit. Ask God how... Um, how you how he wants you to pour into that particular person and he mm -hmm. will show you you don't have like I said earlier you don't have to fill in the noise right away yeah. you're having a conversation with someone um, and you step away from that conversation and then pray about it and think about it and maybe it's God saying hey invite that woman to coffee next right. week and, and get a little bit more or yep. share your story of recovery or share your story about going to therapy. And so um, when I'm doing those things, I am doing his will and he is doing my yeah. will and we are just happy, joyous and free. Yeah. And as we close out the show today, I want to speak directly to those who are suffering from drug and alcohol addiction. Trust God, trust God and trust God more. 
as we talked about Matthew 6, 33 and 34, remember the basis of how we stay sober is we seek the Lord God first and we're prayerful and we meditate, we exercise, but above all, we put our foundation and we put our identity in Christ Jesus. He loves you. He's not mad at you. We love you. We're here to help you. We ask that you continue to watch the show, share, subscribe, and support, and we will see you again next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning in to this week's From Beer to the Bible. Make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and Sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there for you.